0: Let me introduce our guest speaker today. You know him. He is Joe Young. He is a church member. He is a, one who ministers here at Olive Branch. But also he is a Gideon. And so today he has come to tell us about the Gideon ministry. And two things I like about the Gideons. There's lots of things, but two important things I like. One is that it is a simple ministry. It is getting the Word of God, into the hands of people. Sometimes we try to make ministry too complicated. And we're doing this and there's all these moving pieces. But God can use His Word to save people, to change lives, to do His work in their life. And sometimes all it's needed is His Word. So getting the Word of God to them is their whole ministry. Also, every time you give that money goes 100% to getting Bibles distributed to people. The overhead is taken care of by the Gideons themselves, so that when people give to this ministry, it's going to that ministry, getting Bibles into the hands of people. So at the end of the service, I'm telling you now, so you'll be prepared. Remember, your regular tithes and offerings are going in the black boxes, but we will pass the plates for a special offering for the Gideons this morning. So if you would like to give to that, think about that now. We'll do it at the end of the service, but be prepared. You can write checks if you do make it out to Gideon's International. So with that said, I'm going to pray, and then Joe, would you come and share with us, please? Father, we are thankful that we have much to sing about as we have this morning. So thankful, Lord, that you have blessed us with so much that we have to give back to you. We are thankful, Lord, that it is You and the, and the Word that we heard at some point in our lives that saved us. That's the testimony of all of us here. We heard a story from the Bible. We heard a Bible verse. We heard the Gospel from the Bible explained to us. We heard it, and we believed, and You saved us, and our lives have been changed. So, Father, we are thankful this morning, and we are thankful, Lord, for ministries like the Gideons who make that their sole purpose, to get the Word of God to people so that you, Lord, can use your Word to save them and to change their lives. We are reminded of your promise, Lord, that your Word will not return void. And so I pray this morning, Lord, as we are challenged in our personal lives and how much we... Share the gospel and your word with people. And as we hear, Lord, of life transformation because of your word, I pray we would be encouraged and that we would be challenged. I pray that you would bless Joe as he comes and shares this morning. And I pray, Lord, that you would be glorified and lifted up in everything that we have done and will continue to do in this time of worship of you. And I pray, Jesus, in your name, amen. Joe, come and share, please.
1: Good morning, beautiful crowd this morning, beautiful worship service. I'm very thankful to be here this morning and uh, I'll share real quick with you as a member of the church before I get in the Gideon message. Um, so thankful for this church and the prayers I had back in uh, January and February after spending nine days in the hospital and not knowing if I would uh, be able to come back and ever do anything like this again uh fighting COVID and uh then heart issues and uh after at home things look pretty rough for a while but i want to praise god for where i am today thank you all for the prayers uh. <laughs> pastor wayne shared something with me with the church after my after i spoke he, he's welcome to do that again but i'm going to share something about him um telling him a little bit too now we've had a great relationship and i want to thank I said this first service as a Gideon church uh, chairperson, there's a lot of churches that don't have pastors, and uh, we're very blessed with two great ones, and I didn't mention this, the first service, but to have wonderful wives is very working in the church as well. I've seen several pastors and wives, and we've got uh, four of the best right there, and I want to say thank you to them. It means a lot to me. And then uh, Pastor Wayne, when he had his uh, heart condition, and uh, he used to come to the radio station with me uh, which I do the only thing I do there is my Sunday gospel show make sure everybody knows that uh, but uh, Pastor Wayne used to come out and help me with Sunday mornings uh, when we didn't have church and had snow and it uh, meant a lot to me but one of the first things he wanted to do after he got uh, out of the hospital was we prayed for him at 9.05 every morning on the gospel show he called me up and he said before I go back to church I want to come out and thank your listeners for praying for me and he came out and did that and as he stood there he talked about the heart pump he was carrying. I don't know if he remembers this or not. But as he sat there, and he said uh, his dad was with him, carrying the extra battery, and he said he had eight hours of, of battery on him. And I looked at him and I said, "So you're telling me you got eight hours of life on your side right there?" And he looked at me. And he said, "I never thought about it, but it's true. You know, I mean, just think about that. How far Pastor Wayne has come." And and then during that time, uh, after he the, the get in. The Gideon we had here that year uh, challenged everybody to give in his memory, and we had a great uh, offering that day. and A lot of Bibles went out and it's touched a lot of people, and we're going to talk about those Bibles in just a minute. Um, now we're going to get back into the Gideon message. Um, most likely today so far you have told a spouse, a child, or someone that you loved them. I hope you have. Most of you probably have. But have you told Jesus that? He wants to hear from us. And we need to tell him he loved us. And we all know why. John three sixteen tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. And as the Bible tells us, there's no greater love than a man to lay down his life for us. And he did that for us. So just try to remind you, if you would, every day. Tell Jesus you love him. That's the least you could do every day. Just tell Jesus you love him. Have a relationship with him. I'm going to share some testimonies with you. About a trick baby. In the early 1960s, at the age of 10 years old, living in the ghetto of Cleveland, Ohio, a boy named Ron held a gun to his head to kill himself. 10 years old. Most boys at 10 years old wants to be a firefighter, policeman, pastor, teacher, you know, a lot of things out there, astronaut, uh, that a 10 year old boy might want to do. But not this one. He wanted to kill himself. wonder why. His life had been turned upside down at 10 years old. Ron's grandparents was immigrants. His mother was from Germany, or his, grand, his grandmother was from Germany and his grandfather was from Cuba. Well, one night they was out celebrating their anniversary and someone said something ugly to the, to the woman about her husband being a mixed couple and their fight broke out. and The grandfather injured the other man and he was locked up in prison. Ron's grandmother, had, they had seven children, had three boys and four girls. The news hit the newspapers and the community. The grandmother lost her job, couldn't work anywhere for her husband, what he'd done. And then the grandmother got took sick, became maimed, couldn't work. Soon her and her family was thrown out on the streets, Cleveland, Ohio, to live. Ron's mother was the oldest. At the age of 14... She looked like a movie star and was very stunning in her appearance. A pimp hired her to work with him. She became a professional call girl at 14 years old. Her brothers, they joined a gang called the Devil's Disciples, which is one of the most violent gangs there was. With a father in prison, a mother failing in health, no place to call home, the children's lives were coming unraveled. They all fell prey to prostitution, drugs, and violence. At the age of 16, Ron's mother became pregnant with him and one of her tricks, they called him a trick baby. The pimp said, you can't have this child due to your line of work. They'd done everything to try to kill the baby. And doing, by doing this, making several attempts, they injured him pretty bad. When Ron was born, he was born with no pancreas, underdeveloped lungs, other physical deformities. This baby was not wanted and almost died of pneumonia. This unwanted baby's name was Ron Archer. When he, became, when he began school, he was diagnosed with learning disabilities. Ron was a severe stutterer. He often saw his mom beaten by clients. Many times, they'd beat him, too, and abuse him. Yes. At the age of 10 years old, the boy had, had enough. He wanted to die. but thankfully, when I went to pull the trigger, there was a safety on it that did not let it go off. We'll let this soak in a minute. We'll just come back to talk about Ron Archer in a minute. I want to tell you who the Gideons are. The Gideons is an international association born-again Christian business people and professional men who are a member of local churches like this one. And we are blessed in our local church to have several Gideons and wives serving as auxiliary members. We have the uh, Itners, the uh, Franks, Charlie, Garant, um, Ed, Taylor, uh, Bill Wells, June, Joseph Taylor's visitants. He's a member. Um, Anybody else? (laughs) There's several several of our church that are Gideon members. And uh, so tells you that it's important to our church uh, as well. And the Gideon started in 1899. Two, peop- two businessmen was traveling in 1899. The inn was full, and uh, one did not have a place to stay. And the host said, maybe I can find somewhere uh, down here you can stay. And the gentleman let him stay in his room. Well, that night, these two businessmen got talking. God laid upon their heart uh, to start the Gideon organization. Two men meeting in a motel room. Six months later, they met back with some more ideas and soon you know, started to get in organization. In 19, from 1908 to the end of June 2021 to date, 2,444,747,599 copies of God's Word has been distributed. Because them two men was obedient, and God has supplied the need. And they give God all the glory and praise. And I'll share this, yeah. <laughs> we are in uh, 200 countries, Gideon's organization's in 200 countries and territories. And the scriptures are distributed in 109 different languages. And I mentioned this first service that... Uh, in 2015 is when we reached the two billion copy. That was 14 years later after the one billionth copy. So that was 14 years in between a billion. And since that date, we've almost reached a half, a billion, half another billion in six years. So I think we'll beat, uh, beat the 14 years, get another billion with the help of everyone. You might remember a couple of years ago, a man was here for Gideon's, uh, Bill Baker from uh, Clarksville. Do y'all remember him doing this? Y'all probably don't. He did this because every time you do this is a second. There's two Bibles handed out in this world every time you do that. In one minute, 120 Bibles. Is handed out in this world. At the end of the last month, across the world, we had 185,358 Gideons and auxiliary members. 91,000 is from the USA. We we're able to pass out them Bibles through the ongoing supports of local churches, uh, contributions, and help in different ways. We'll talk about the end. But we do this, we hand out the Bibles at schools, colleges, prisons, police, fire, medical personnel, men and women in the armed forces, as local churches like this one supports us as they have many, many years ago. Isaiah 55:11 tells us and assures us that God's word does not return void. We're making a global impact on a local basis through the promises Isaiah 55 is fulfilled. God's word does not return void. As we'll share some more testimonies with you in a few minutes about how we know that the Bible has touched many people's lives. Back to the trick baby. In 1973, Ron's life changed. He was in the fourth grade. There was a volunteer at the school that agreed to be Ron's speech coach. She was a kind Christian lady who had no children. She gave him a Gideon Bible, like one of this down there, a hotel Bible, one you might find in the doctor's office. She gave him one of them. As part of his speech therapy, he would read that Bible into a tape recorder and worked on his speech. Well, throughout that year, Ron learned about the Bible. He learned about people in the Bible stutterer named Moses, whom God used to bring people out of bondage. He learned about a shepherd boy named Goliath who used to slingshot and stone. Ron began to understand the reading of that Gideon Bible and he uses it, that God uses that word to heal wounded people. He began to understand that life can be a mess, that with God's help, it can be profitable. Ron ended up becoming a scholar, student body president, a young pastor with that Gideon Bible. He preached messages of hope, healing. He ended up leading his grandparents, his mother, his aunts and uncles to Christ through that Gideon Bible. Only God can do that. Pastor Wayne mentioned earlier the easy ministry, and I mentioned this in the first service. I love the Gideon Ministry. It's very dear to my heart. It touches my heart. I see, I see God work. And all we do most of the time, because I got to get up and speak sometimes, but uh, we the, you know, we go to the schools and hand out the Bibles where we, or where we run into somebody God lays in their heart. And you just hand it to them. You ask them, Would you like a gift? Would you like a Bible? God does the rest. He, does, he writes a story after that. All we got to do is present it to them. And through God's help, it makes it possible. In that Gideon Bible, Ron ended up being a church planner. He preached revivals. He wrote five books. He hosted TV programs. He advised world leaders. Hundreds of thousands have heard the gospel messages because of that one Gideon Bible and that 10-year-old boy that was going to kill himself. God is amazing at what he can do. That word does not return void for sure. Do a little show and tell uh, this morning, too. When I, before I was a Gideon, many years ago, when I was a kid too, I used to wonder why they'd have a red Bible, a green one, a blue one. And I used to think sitting there, well that's probably because you know, this year they printed red, next year they printed green. So I always wondered that, so I'm going to share with you why that is. Uh, each color Bible has a different meaning. Uh, who gets it? The orange ones are given in sidewalk distributions. Uh, the green ones are given at colleges and universities. The red ones are in school distribution like for middle middle schools digital camouflage desert camouflage for military dark blue is in different languages the white Bibles are for medical professions uh, light blue is to the auxiliary members hand those out brown is for facilities distributions for witnessing in prisons and jails burgundy's uh, personal workers testaments periwinkle is personal work workers' testimonies for the auxiliary as well. And in the middle school, we're not allowed to have the plan of salvation in the back. We just hand the Bible out. And this Bible here a few years ago, uh, I had a project I was working on and uh, remodeling a, a facility, and we had to clean out the offices too, and I found this New Testament that belonged to somebody. They left it there. This New Testament most likely was given in the middle school because it does not have the plan of salvation in it. And actually, the year was in 1987 is when this Bible was handed out. But this person, it was nice to see they had it at their desk, and they had used it. There are several markings in here. And uh, one of them they had marked here, I mentioned this morning. Matthew 10, 32. Whoever, therefore, shall confess me before men, shall I confess also before my Father, which is in heaven. So this person had this Bible, carried that. And uh, use that verse with them a lot. These uh, Bibles, like this right here, the hotel Bibles, when we, uh, we do go to the hotels, once, we try to go once a year. And if they've been ripped, torn, messed up, we replace those Bibles. And um, those Bibles has a potential reach, reaching 2,300 people over a six-year span. And they estimate 25% of the travelers uh, read them. And my wife would probably vouch for me that when I go to a hotel, I usually check to see if they've got a Gideon Bible in there. It's just kind of like a habit for me. And there's some hotels that does not allow us to put Gideon Bibles, and I won't usually stay with those hotels. Uh, that being said, in the hospital one time, my father was on the life support, and they took him off life support. My father was a man that would sit in a recliner in the evening time and would read his Bible. And uh, I felt like you know, that's what he'd want in his last hours of life. So I asked a hospital if I could get, you know, find me a Gideon Bible, and this was long before I was a Gideon. Um, so I got a Gideon Bible. When I read on and off to him the last 18 hours of his life, and that meant a lot to me that, you know, that I found a Gideon Bible that I was able to read to him during his last hours. <coughs> the uh, Bibles are great because they will touch people's lives and save them but it'll also help you grow. In the front of these Bibles, if, you, if you're aware of, we'll have pages where to go to when you're suffering, when you're going through things. And one time, I probably grew the strongest I ever have as a Christian. I worked in a plant and we'd do shutdowns and we'd have a lot of time we didn't work and I would find me a place around the tank somewhere and I had a little green one at that time. Carried in my toolbox, carried in my pocket and I read that thing all the time. And that was probably the most ever grown as a Christian was reading one of these little Gideon Testaments. Care to share with you a couple of testimonies I've had locally uh, with the get-in distributions. We was unable to do the get-in uh, distributions to high schools due to COVID for the last two years. But uh, the last year, we two years, we was there. The uh, administrator would have us come at the graduation practice because she'd say if the student was going to graduate, they had to go be there that day. So you know, she was working with us, helping us. But what a decline in the last two years that I noticed of students taking those Bibles. I mean, it was like a half drop from one year to the other year that I noticed, and that really hurt me uh, when I saw those students, because you don't put them in their hand. All you can do is offer them, you know, in the public schools. But I will share some uh, other positive uh, impacts I've had with working uh, with the school, with the, the program I used to do. The football coach asked me. He learned about the Gideons. And he asked me to come and give out Bibles to the football team. And the football team was traveling to Richmond that day for a banquet. And uh, they had me get on the bus. And I walked through that bus and handed out Bibles uh, to the uh, football team. And when I got off there, the, you know, the bus driver asked me for one. The cheerleader asked me for one. You know, and it was a real touching experience that I was able to hand those Bibles out. Uh, they had one boy that did, said he didn't want one. Uh, but other than that, they all took them. And that was a big blessing to me. But we go to you know, the middle schools in the, the James Russell Middle School over in Brunswick County one year. A boy stepped away, and he came back. He said, can I get one of those from my dad? You know, and I, that boy touched me. You know, I don't know what the boy's going through. He might have been another Ron Archer. I don't know. But the boy came back and wanted, wanted another Bible. Little things like that touches me and blesses me that I've been able to be a part of. And you are a part of that as well by supporting us. At Southside Virginia Community College, I've had two experiences with handing out New Testaments. One year, a boy was making fun of us, and he was shouting in the hallway. He took, he had got his New Testament, and he was shouting to other students uh, and, and, instru- and professors when they, teachers when they come through the door. He'd get in their face, and say, "You need the word, you need the word," and I was aggravated. I said, "Lord, get that boy out of here." He's a hindrance to what we're trying to do. I mean, that was Joe's opinion. And uh, I kept saying that several times. It wasn't just once because the boy didn't stop. He was really getting on my nerves. Well, in a little bit, the boy, he wasn't a small guy either. He came down and walked right down in front of our table, and the Lord talked to him. I didn't. So I asked him, I said, uh, do you know in the front of that book, if you're having, going through something, that tells you what page to go to? He said, no. So we opened it up. I said, you know, pick out a subject. We picked the subject. I said, look, it only tells you the chapter, but it tells you the page to go to. So we did that a few times, and we got reading the Bible right there in the hallway. So we opened up at the end. I said, and back at the end, you can sign it, you know, that when you got saved, when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I said, you ought to write your name in there so if anybody ever finds this book, they'll know that you went to heaven. He said, I can't do that. I said, would you like to? He said, Yeah. So not, didn't want to embarrass him in the hallway. So I said, let's go outside. And I slowly walked him through the plan of salvation. We had a nice conversation. He was talking about gas prices being high. This was like it was 4 or $5 a gallon. But, you know, I mean, it was wonderful. And he accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Savior up there. And that was a boy that I was praying God would get out of there. You know, what a plan God had for, for him versus my plan was a lot different. But uh, wonderful to be part of that. And then just uh, a few years ago, uh, a man was going to school there that I knew from a local restaurant. And we knew each other. Not real well. But anyway, he went through the hallway and I asked him, you know, want a Bible or a gift? And he said, no, I've got mine. Carry it right here in my pocket. He pulled that thing out and it's about twice as thick where it was so old. And he had rubber bands around it. He'd been using that Bible. He said, you can't replace this one. I'm going to keep this one. Because I tried to get it from him. <laughs> <laughs> But he had been uh, carrying that Bible, he said, for 32 years. At that time, uh, 1982, he was going through a lot of things, and the preacher gave him that Bible. And he grew, like I was talking about how I grew, uh, working and reading it out of, you know while I was working. But that man went up and down the East Coast. He told me what cities he would go to, rallying for pro-life and different rallies, you know, supporting ministries and stuff. And, you know... What an encouragement that was to see a man for one of them may Bibles. Somebody gave him, he made good use of it, and it changed his life, and he was using it to change other people's lives as well. Some of y'all may have seen these before. These are the life book. These are what youth pastors, um, youth leaders, pastors, uh, anyone involved with youth in church can get for free. And if, I know I've worked with ours before. We've got some. we have used them in different places and different. Uh, in, we've used them at uh, Light Tonight and different events uh, we've had. These is what students can pass out to other students, share with students, uh, places we can't go and be and students can be. And it's a great book. It's got Mark. It's based on Mark. And uh, these are free to the, to the churches. And those is really began to multiply how many of these are being handed out as well too and this is a great source that you know you don't see a lot of kids carrying these around but you might see them carrying these around so it's a great resource that we have now that uh, being used you ask how you may help right okay I know you do the biggest thing is pray for us and I know our church uh, has had it in the bulletin I didn't see it today but it's been in their bulletin for a couple years now to pray for the Gideons International and that's the biggest thing you can do is pray for the Gideons, support the Gideons in prayer. And that, too, we also have a thing called Friend of the Gideons. And Friend of the Gideons is just telling us you're going to pray for us. And you see me, I can give you a little how to sign up for that. But you can also support us financially that way as well or just pray for us. But the biggest thing is prayer, prayer, prayer. I always challenge people to pray, and I, I pray about this, is pray for the hands is receiving that Gideon Bible that day. As I mentioned, 120 a minute. So pray for those hands that God will work in their heart, change that person's life. That Gideon Bible is going to touch them and change them. You can also support through the Gideon Bible program. You can do that online as well. Go online and send somebody a a card uh, for being sick or a passing of someone, graduation, anniversary, birthday. Uh, thanking of you, there's all kinds of ways you can donate Bibles uh, through that um, we have a card rack out in the Welcome Center out in the hallway somewhere we have one, see me if you need cards Or, like I said, go online and do it and uh, I'm going to share this uh, with Mr. polette sitting there sent uh, some Bibles for Pastor Doug when he was sick going through his surgeries and they both called me and thanked me and told me how much that meant to them and people of that caliber can call and tell you thank you you know, for donating Bibles uh, for something they're going through. That really meant a lot to me. So it does, uh, does help people and impact people and you're spreading the word of God. I told you how many people it's impacting uh, do that. And you can also go online to sendtheword.org. I want to mention another testimony to you for a close. A young Colombian girl was given a New Testament. One of these right here. She read it every day. Until one day her father found it and he told her to put that book away, it's full of lies, don't read it. He went on, but she kept the book and she kept reading it until one day the father caught her again. Well, that time he'd had enough. He grabbed a book, put it in his pocket, that'll fix you. You ain't reading that book no more, it's full of lies. He went on to work, Well, later that evening... At his work, the siren went off. There was a cave-in at the mine that he worked at. Thirty-one men was trapped inside that cave. And it took them five days to get to him. Of course, they were all deceased. And they went and they found her father. And he had that Bible they he took from that grill he stuck in his pocket. He had it clenched in between his hands. And they opened it up. And he had a note in it that said, To my daughter, keep reading this New Testament. It is true and it is right. I will see you one day in heaven. Then they turned it and opened up the back of the book. And there was another 30 signatures that signed that New Testament. All 31 men in that mine had been saved, which we thought was terrible that he took that Bible from that little girl. But there again, God had a bigger plan. Yeah, we got easy ministry here, and God—you can see how God supplies. And we'll share one more. I said that was one. We'll share one more with you. Last week we went to a—I went to an event called Walk Across Virginia to Gideon's Half, and the Gideons uh, donate and raise money. And, and to me, it's like a revival. You kind of get revived to hear these people from over in another country talk about what's going on. And in Nigeria, I think that's where it was. Nigeria, yeah, and. Uh, where the majority of it's Islam country. The man was our guest speaker, and he told about what happened to him. He said he, they was going to an event where a group of men was walking, and he saw a boy dart into the bushes. He kept on walking with, these, with this group of men. They got to where he was supposed to go, and he told him, and he said, I'm going to go back and do something. God spoke to him said, go back and talk to that boy. So he went back, and he got in the bushes and found that boy. And he talked to him and opened up his New Testament and read to the boy. And that boy told him that that night before he had a dream that God showed him that somebody was going to come and save him. And that boy prayed and received Christ right there. Then the boy asked him, he said, what do I do with this? And he rested in his pocket, had a handful of pills. He said, why? What was you going to do? He said, I was going to kill myself today. I would like to thank y'all for supporting us for many, many years. Thank you for your future support. I want to thank um, Pastor Brady, Pastor Wayne, for letting us have time today uh, in this service. I want to thank you so much for your attention. And y'all, just pray for us if you would. Thank y'all so much.
0: At this time, if the men uh, that are taking the offering would come, remember, if you're giving your regular tithes or offerings to the church, the three black boxes, we're passing the plate right now, and this offering will go to the Gideons, and as I said, it will go all to Bible distribution. And uh, you guys can go ahead and do that. While they're doing that, I did want to share a couple of things, and then I'll pray, and we'll close our service with a song. The, uh, we have been praying for Jackson Moody over the last few months, uh, unfortunately, he had to go back to the ER this morning, and he's having emergency surgery now. So he is having uh, a bowel obstruction again, and so please pray for him that this surgery would be successful. Also pray for peace for him, especially. He still he had such a horrible time the last time he was in the hospital. He, since then, has dreaded going back to the hospital, and here he is And he is, of course, expecting this to be worse than the last time. So pray for Jackson, for Ken, for Megan, and uh, for God's healing in his life. Uh, As Joe mentioned a little bit, I wanted to share just a little bit more about his story. Uh, When COVID came, uh, Joe and Kim said, as they prayed, Lord, we don't want Joe to get COVID because we feel like if he does, he's not going to live. He's not going to survive it. And Joe did get COVID. And through your prayers, God heard them and healed him. And it was a lesson to them that they shared with me. uh, That when we think about God, we often do kind of tell God what to do. Or we tell God, put him in a box. Uh, You know, the box they'd put God in was that, you know, God couldn't heal Joe from COVID. He was going to die if he got it. But. God showed them that God can do anything, God can do the impossible, and it's just, when they told me, that was a reminder to me that we should have faith and pray uh, that God can do anything, because He can, and and never limit Him or never put Him in a box as we pray or as we imagine what He can do or what He can do through us. So, Joe, I'm just, praise the Lord that you're here and that uh, you have a testimony of God's grace. Uh, Let me pray for the Gideons, for Jackson, and then we'll close our service uh, with a song and worship to the Lord this morning. (laughs) Heavenly Father, we are thankful this morning that your word does change lives. And I thank you, Lord, again for the work of the Gideons and especially the ones that are here in our church. And I pray, Lord, your blessing upon this local Gideon camp that as they have their times of distributing Bibles, Lord, that they would have opportunities to share the gospel and that they would see fruit of people saved and Bibles distributed and lives changed. And so, Lord, I pray that uh, the, the few testimonies that Joe was able to share this morning are multiplied as they do your work in this area. And I pray that, Lord, for the work worldwide. And I pray, Lord, that uh, as we think every. Uh, A couple of seconds, more and more of the word is shared around the world. That, Lord, you would use your word to save and to change lives. So we pray, Lord, for blessing and that you would multiply these gifts that your people have generously given today. I pray also this morning for Jackson. And, Lord, as we just talked about in lives that we know personally of how you have done miracles and how you have healed, we pray that for Jackson. I pray that today, Lord, this surgery would be successful and this would be your means of healing him completely. I pray there would be no more complications, no more surgeries. I pray his recovery would be quick so that the memory of the last time would not be anything like this time. It would be much quicker, much easier. I pray, Lord, for you to give peace to Jackson and and to Megan and Ken. And pray, Lord, that um, they would have a peace even as they... Anticipate and worry, maybe have anxiety about this surgery and what the days of recovery might be like. Lord, I pray for peace for this family and your hand of blessing and your amazing grace to be upon them. Lord, I pray for us in this week as we go to love and to serve. I pray that we would do so with great courage and boldness and love in our hearts. Lord, bless us now as we sing again song and a sacrifice of praise to you. Lord, may we sing it from our hearts and may you receive it as a sweet aroma, a sacrifice given to you. And I pray Jesus in your name.